Hey everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today's case just frankly broke my heart. Small talk sucks, so let's just dive in. Alicia and Shatika were a tight couple who seemed to have almost an obsessive bond with one another. Alicia's name on Facebook was Till the End Hers, and Shatika's was Her Zaddy and Her Name. Their social media accounts were littered with pictures with FOE stamped on them for family over everything. In 2014, Alicia had given birth to a baby boy named Malachi, and the two raised her son together, even taking on Shatika's last name. But as in love as they seemed, and as much as they claimed to put family over everything, social media is only what we want the world to see. And the world was about to see something so drastically different than the perfect loving family they tried to portray online. On the afternoon of Tuesday, August 1st, 2019, Shatika, the non-biological mother of four-year-old Malachi Lawson, called Baltimore police to say that her son had been visiting with her mother in the 4500 block of Rogers Avenue. She said that him and his grandmother were playing in the front yard when she went inside to get some snacks, but when she came back out a little before 3.30 p.m., Malachi was gone. Though this is when the story gets a little hairy. Even though Shatika says that he disappeared after his grandmother went to get snacks, Shatika is reportedly the last person who saw him. But anyways... She tells police that her son was wearing a white tank top, khaki shorts, black flip-flops, and that he had a mild case of autism and walks with a limp. Apparently, he broke his femur when he was an infant. Alicia, Shatika's girlfriend and the biological mother of Malachi, posted her son's missing person flyer to her Facebook saying, Please, our son is missing. If anyone sees our son anywhere, please contact us through here or the Baltimore Police Department. Please and thank you. Shatika posted a video of baby Malachi playing with them and said, You are everything to us. Please bring my son back home to us. He needs us more than anybody. Hashtag safe return. Hashtag God got this one. Hashtag he's covered by the blood of Jesus. Hashtag my big boy. Hashtag dada baby. She also posted, right now, I just don't want to talk. I just want my fucking son back. People are so sick snatching a toddler with a bunch of heartbroken and crying emojis. Uh, She also added, I hate this city. Police hopped on this quick. I mean, he's a four-year-old. They don't just wander off by themselves. And when they do, it's not far. They're taking this missing persons case really personally. WMAR2 quotes the VP of operations for the entire Baltimore Police Department as saying, A lot of us are fathers, a lot of us are grandfathers, and you have a four-year-old child missing, defenseless. It struck a nerve. A hundred volunteers are geared up and ready to search at the crack of dawn the next morning, starting at his grandmother's house and fanning out. By that evening, the FBI joined in on the search for Malachi and bloodhounds were released to track his scent. But they didn't find it anywhere. Bloodhounds are an amazing tool, and when they find zero scent trail, it almost always means that the person didn't just up and walk away, they were taken away, much like we saw in the Zara Baker case. Anytime I do a case on missing children, my immediate thought is the parents did it, or the parent's significant other did it. Obviously, that's not always the case, but that's where I go. 
It doesn't help that the four-year-old we're looking for walks with a limp at only four years old because of a broken femur he got as an infant. Infants don't break their own bones, and they certainly don't break the strongest bone in the human body. And while I wish this case was any different, unfortunately, the Baltimore Police Department holds a news conference on Sunday afternoon, just two days after Malachi was reported missing. They announced that they found his sweet little body and it had been thrown in a dumpster like he was trash. Volunteers didn't find him. No one stumbled across his body after smelling something foul. No. His own mother, Alicia, confessed to police that her son wasn't missing, he was dead, and that they'd find him in a dumpster in the 5500 block of Haddon Avenue, which was less than three quarters of a mile from where they reported him missing from. Their Facebook statements are so creepy now. Shatika used the hashtags safe return, God got this one, and he is covered by the blood of Jesus. She wrote them knowing they had just murdered their son and thrown him into a dumpster. The Baltimore Sun reports that police charged both Alicia and Shatika with one count of neglect that resulted in the death of a minor, first-degree child abuse, reckless endangerment, tampering with evidence, and making false statements. Authorities don't initially say how Malachi was killed, but they do note that he had obvious signs of injury. They believe he was killed the same day he was reported missing, and they plan to bring more charges against Alicia and Shatika once Malachi's autopsy is completed. Because they were charged with neglect that resulted in death and the fact that they were obvious signs of trauma, it sounds to me like he suffered some pretty horrific abuse that wound up leading to his death. This also means that one of them would have had to have taken him during a moment of opportunity when his grandmother went inside, killed him, and immediately disposed of his body before the other one called police. That or their entire story about being with the grandmother at all is complete bullshit, which I wouldn't rule out at this point. On August 5th, we learn Malachi's cause of death and it is so much worse than I could have imagined. He died from days old untreated burns. Charging documents obtained by the Baltimore Sun state that on July 23rd, Malachi had an accident in his pants, so they ran him a bath and started washing the dirty clothes in the sink. They said that it wasn't until they turned around that they noticed the water was so hot that it had burned Malachi from the waist down so badly that his skin was floating in the water. It was so shocking that they took a minute to take a photo of his burns. Shatika's attorney said the whole incident happened very quickly, which I call bullshit on. If the water is too hot, any four-year-old is going to scream and jump out of the tub. They're not just going to sit there while their skin burns off and hope you notice when you turn around. And what bathtub runs burning hot water? Sure, it can get too hot for comfort, but not burn your skin hot. And how many people does it take to wash a pair of pants in a sink? You mean to tell me that you both huddled over a tiny sink, ignoring the screaming child being burned two feet away. If I had to take a guess, one person was washing the pants and the other was holding him down so he couldn't get out of the tub. But again, it's just a guess. Shatika's mom was apparently on the phone with her when this happened, and neither Shatika, Shatika's mother, nor Allison ever sought medical treatment for Malachi's burns. 
Fuck, they didn't even get off the fucking phone to address the damn problem. Apparently, they were too afraid that he'd be taken away from them if they took him in. Basically, they didn't want to get in trouble for yet another suspicious injury and tried to save their own asses instead of the suffering child's. However, Shatika's attorney said that Shatika actually wanted to take Malachi to the hospital but couldn't because she wasn't his biological mother because apparently that's how hospitals work in the land of never. The police did a search warrant of Alicia and Shatika's house and they did a test on the hot water to see just how hot it got. Not only did it not get burning hot, the water was barely lukewarm. So where did this boiling hot water come from? Her attorney suggested that they had called the landlord to have the hot water heater turned down, and that's why. However, I've never seen any documents or witness statements that prove that that phone call was ever made. The documents from the Baltimore Sun continue and lay out the day Malachi was reported missing. It says that Alicia woke up on the morning of August 1st to find Malachi in a quote-unquote puddle of wetness. Assuming he was dead, she wrapped her son in a blanket, put him into a black trash bag, and then called a fucking Lyft driver to take her to the 5500 block of Haddon Avenue where she put him into a dumpster. If anyone calls for a Lyft for you to drive them to a dumpster, call the police. Continuing on... Can someone tell me how in the fuck Shatika's mom comes into all this? Did they ever actually go to her house? Did she tell police that they had? Everyone seems to be rightfully focusing on the mothers of Malachi, but not the woman they claim spent the day with him before he fake disappeared. Did Shatika's mom go along with this bullshit story because she'd known all along about these burns and knew that if her daughter and her girlfriend went down that she'd go down with them? Shatika's attorney claims that the 911 call wasn't a lie because Shatika never knew Malachi was dead, that Allison was the one who found him and disposed of him, and that she didn't know he was dead until investigators told her on Friday night. If that's true, how in the fuck did she see him playing in the yard in a tank top and khakis at 3.22 p.m. after he'd been dead and disposed of for hours? I'll wait. A friend made an attempt to gear the blame towards Alicia and not Shatika by saying that Shatika would call her and tell her about how poorly Alicia treated Malachi, and if that's true, she never stopped it and she never left. No one in a position of power ever stood up for that little boy's best interest. You can imagine that both women were held without bond and both women were additionally charged with manslaughter, and rightfully so. They can make up all the bullshit they want, but nine days of burns so bad that your skin peeled off is excruciating. I mean, people get sedated for injuries like this. But instead, they had a miserably burned four-year-old in immeasurable pain, likely screaming and crying hysterically for more than a week, nine days, you guys, and not a single one of them ever called for help. I mean, they couldn't have even left the house without him. He couldn't have been wearing shorts in public or someone else would have called fucking 911. They would have had to have actively made an effort to make sure no one came into contact with him while he had these burns. Pretending like they just happened to find him dead one morning is hard to believe. When his agonizing scream stopped, they would have known something had happened. Unless they put him away, ignored his pain-filled cries, and drowned out the noise with whatever they could. And frankly, I don't know which is worse. 
The community holds a vigil for Malachi on Sunday, and they're devastated. When something terrible happens to a child, they almost become the community's child, and that's exactly what happened with Malachi. His former foster mother attends, and she is heartbroken. Through some Facebook creeping, I was able to find out that Alicia and Shatika's former neighbor had reported them for child abuse when Malachi was two, which landed him in foster care. The pair did the whole reunification process and somehow managed to get him back only to kill him slowly. The system failed this little boy. Another attendee donated a burial plot on behalf of Charm City Moose Lodge 70 to make sure that Malachi got the final resting place he deserved after a life filled with abuse, heartache, and pain. On August 13th, a public funeral is held where the community comes together to show the love for Malachi that he wasn't given by his own mothers, who couldn't attend because they were sitting in jail for what they had done to him. Malachi's family told WMAR2, the family gratefully acknowledges the many kind and beautiful expressions of love and sympathy shown during our time of bereavement. A very special thank you to all the people who donated time and resources to lay Malachi to rest. We appreciate every act of kindness. Please continue to pray for our family. The program for his funeral were these amazing little comic book type pamphlets, but were haunted by photos of Malachi and his mothers, his murderers. On January 20th of this year, Shatika and Alicia had court hearings to set their trial dates for the murder of their four-year-old son. According to Aaron McPherson from WMAR, Shatika was somehow allowed to write, My son walks with me forever on the back of her prison jumpsuit. On one side of the phrase, she had a crying face, and on the other side, a broken heart. I hope that wherever he is, the last place is shadowing his heinous mothers in court. I hope he's walking or flying, limp-free, eating all the chocolate, and staying up late, enjoying the life he deserved on this earth but was never given the chance to live. A status hearing was scheduled for March 31st of this year, but I've searched and I haven't seen any updates. I can only assume it was delayed due to corona like every other case I've been getting updates for. Both Alicia and Shatika are still awaiting trial, and the rest of us are still awaiting justice for the senseless killing of another child whom the Department of Child Protective Services failed to protect. As this case continues, I will update you as soon as I get any news. Check the highlights of any and all cases at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley, where I post photos, maps, and any other new case information. Join me on Instagram tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern for Crime Talk Live, where you go live with me to discuss today's case. If you like your podcast ad-free, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, where for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are ad-free. If four episodes a month just aren't enough for you, for $5 a month, you get an exclusive episode available only to Patreon members on the first Monday of every month. And yes, Anytime you join, you have instant access to all previous bonus episodes. I'll be bringing you a brand new case a week from today, and I cannot wait. But until then, we out. Oh my gosh.
on August 1st. 